About a year ago at this time, we were doing our listening session. Pope Francis has called on every parish and every diocese throughout the world to do a synodal process, meaning looking through the same path, but listening to one another. And so St. Patrick's took that call seriously, and 45 parishioners came forward to say they would gladly moderate the listening sessions. And that went very well. And in fact, we learned a lot. Six major things came from listening to the people in the pews and those who wanted to share. And this year now, right now, our 45 people are still meeting because we learned six new things that were important to the community. And we've been addressing it this year, and you might have seen in the bulletin, and we'll keep you informed of other ways of how we're doing these listening sessions. But the number one thing that we learned from people in the pews, the thing that concerned them most and kept them up late at night was this. Their children and grandchildren not participating in faith community. That wounded grandparents, parents, aunts and uncles, maybe people that know that have been loving and caring for these children, to know that that's not important right now for whatever reason. And there are many reasons that happen. Sometimes people get lost in life and they make other things a priority. Sometimes they're just overwhelmed. Other times, the church might have hurt them or gave them a negative kind of experience, and they're not ready to come back yet. And for others, it could be divorce, where one spouse is open and the other spouse is resisting. There's many reasons. But I've always preached with you and want to remind all again who have children or grandchildren or, or nephews or nieces that you're concerned about, offer them Scripture story. Offer them stories that will help benefit the children in learning about the faith. That's why there are many countless stories that you can buy at the store or look through scriptures or share from your own heart how God has helped you. You know, in my grandparents, both my mom and dad's side, I remember now in my 60s things they told me about life. Things of little lessons that I can remember right now that they all told me. Now, some of the things were were well, not really right, for, but it's important that a little kid learned that at that time. Huh? But they taught me even today. And you know, for me, there was a scripture story this week at our weekday masses. Some of you may not know that the Catholic Church has a mass every day, 364 days a year. The only day there's no mass throughout the world is Good Friday. So we have what's called the weekday mass. Now, for those of you who like to streamline things, it's a 30-minute mass, no music, huh? Just, but it's every day. It's a good, beautiful experience. So in case you fall asleep, maybe you want to try weekday mass, huh? But this week was a, the second letter to the Corinthians from St. Paul. And what's happening is St. Paul is writing to the Corneth. And in it, they're very divisive, very selfish, and not loving one another. And St. Paul has a hard, difficult time with them. Now, there's a new group that's moved in, new evangelizers, and mockingly they're called in the Bible super apostles. Now, these were teaching different than St. Paul was preaching there. And in fact, the people were following them, and they started turning on Paul, and they said, you know, Paul's homilies are pretty boring, and they fall asleep. Paul, where does he get his authority to talk like that? You know, St. Paul, he's just real selfish. We don't like him. So St. Paul hears about this, and he responds. 
And this is what he says to opposition, rejection, people talking behind his back. He says, look, this is what I'm doing for the gospel. I've experienced two to three shipwrecks already. That when you go on the highways, there's robbers all the way there. It's not safe. I've been beaten. I've been whipped. I've had stones thrown at me. I've been kicked out of a lot of communities. I've dealt with the heat and the cold, and I'm still here. I am committed to preaching the gospel. So St. Paul, rather than getting at his enemies and going, I'm going to gossip about them. I'm angry. I'm going to seek violence against those who are opposing me. Here's what St. Paul does in the end. He just says, you know what? My concern are for the communities I've established. Are they okay? Are they not going to be scandalized by this? Are they still growing and coming to learn about the Lord? What a great story in the Bible. That when people oppose Christianity, we don't use bad language. We don't think we're a victim. We don't lash out bad in bad behavior. St. Paul lays the example of saying, think about the greater good. Because that's life and being opposed. That's what Jeremiah and today's gospel from Matthew talk about. Jeremiah is a prophet. He doesn't want to do that, but some because he says, I'm too young, I don't have the skills. And yet God kept asking him to be part of it. So he has to give a difficult message to people that they don't want to hear. They have to really change their lives because they were living horrible lives, not good lives at all. And for 20 years this is going on. And people are opposing him. They're threatening him. They've even been beat up and thrown into prison. And so Jeremiah's had enough saying, uh, you know what, aren't you on my side, God? Why are you allowing this opposition people to be mean to me and do violence against me? So he complains to God and say, why do you allow this? But somehow in the end, after he gets all that out, because it's not wrong to pray to God in complaining, but in the end, he says, okay, God, I'll keep doing this because I know you have the greater good. You're in charge, and I'll continue to do that. In today's gospel, Jesus takes the disciples together and gives them the commissioning to go out and preach and teach and heal. But notice what he says. You're going to be opposed. It's going to cost you friendships. People are not going to like you. Now, here's the thing, is that Jesus talks about the understanding that people count the hairs on their head. Some of us don't have as much as we used to. <laughs> but the mindset is, who in that ancient world can count how many hairs we have on our head? No one knows. Only God will know. So if God knows everything, he's in charge of everything. And so four times in the scriptures, you can look it up. There are four times that God says, hey, if you're doing my work, not a hair on your head will be harmed. Huh. Jesus says no promises like that in Matthew. He goes, it's going to cost everything. In fact, out of the 12 that have been sent out, only one does not experience a martyr's death. In other words, being killed violently for the death, for the faith. Only one. The rest... It cost them everything. So what are we to learn? What do we learn about these scriptures? My friends, it's nothing new that Christianity is opposed. Why do you act? You're so surprised. <gasps> We're such good people. 
We've been around for 2,000 years. We even have a Pope in Notre Dame football. We shouldn't be liked. We we just think we're good at heart. We do good things. Why are people mean to us? Why is the government out to get us? It's a spy thing. And then we have to attack other people. So what we are modeling to the world about love is we have a right to demean people and use bad language. If they started it, we're going to finish it. If they oppose that and oppose me going into my own church, they're going to have a fight on their hands. Where does that say that in scriptures? What examples and Bible stories are you teaching your kids that it's okay to misbehave and hate and demonize and be cruel to people because they oppose Christianity? Nowhere in the gospel does it say we have the right to be cruel and mean to our neighbors. Just expect us. What's the big deal? It's been happening for thousands of years in God's message and for Christians 2,000 years. But what it's calling us to do is to know that our behavior matters. And what are we teaching our children behavior when at the breakfast table we're using language because we feel our faith feels threatened? Where is it in the gospel that we have the right to do the Lord's work and yet be so mean, so cruel, so angry, so vengeful to anyone that gets in our way? And if we go that way, it's no wonder people are leaving our churches. Bad behavior is never acceptable. And I don't want that to be part of St. Patrick's and you will never hear that preached. And it hasn't been for 28 years. I'm your pastor this week, June 30th, for 28 years. I didn't know if you knew that. Okay? And I've never once, no, no, no. Never once did did I preach that let's go get those people. Let's beat them up. Let's go attack them. Let's go protest against them. That's not what God is asking. St. Paul doesn't do it. In fact, Instead of going after those gossipers and people that were saying bad things about him, he goes, I'm more concerned about the the communities. Are they okay? Jeremiah is thrown into prison and mocked. Even his own colleagues are yelling at him and mistreating him. And yet he says, okay, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm mad at you. I'm angry with you, but I'm still going to do it. And all 12 left, and 11 of them were killed for proclaiming the faith. When is bad behavior allowed? Now, let's be mindful that there are Christians throughout the world who are experiencing very, very severe persecutions. We keep them in prayer. We stand up and say it is never right for any government, any group of people to kill Christians. Okay? We're against that, but we never return violence in return. Okay? You know, our problem in our country is not violence against Christians, it's indifference. None of you were threatened going to church today. Maybe the kids were, I don't know. (laughs) No one was threatened physically in your life. You all feel safe, pretty much. But people have the right to be indifferent to uh, sacraments, uh, churchy talk, you know, having to go on Sunday and give up my Sunday morning. uh. I'd rather do other things. That's what we got to work on. 
What's causing indifference? Sometimes it's our poor behavior. So, when you walk out these doors today, don't be surprised and be a victim. Oh, our Christianity's being attacked. What else is new? Tell me something I don't know. <coughs> there are countless stories that you can share with your kids and grandkids and one another where good people never used violence or cruelty or sour language or meanness. We concentrate on the mission. We concentrate on what St. Paul and Jeremiah and those disciples did. Love God, love our neighbor.